Greetings ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this batch video of one-shots taken from the HUPI subreddit. The links to the originals will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do so, please consider subscribing, because for those that don't, you will be visited later on by a biomass-eating cloud of sentient nanites. Story number one, unbelievable, written by LG Father Anthracite. Have you ever seen anything so bizarre that your brain couldn't deal with it? The first time I saw an alien in the flesh, I was elated. I was on a mission to observe a newly discovered species. It came from a heavy gravity world, at over twice my home system's gravity. I needed a special suit, not just for camouflage, but to even move. I was stationed at an observation post in a wooded area nearest the small agrarian community. First contact with the pre-FTR race was usually preceded by data collection, and I was here to do just that. Natives were known to come to this area frequently. I had been planicide for about a local week when I first spotted a native. It had a tan-colored skin, not quite leathery, covered in short, sparse, unevenly spaced hairs, with dense clumps growing in random patches and various points. It was a biped, but with another to manipulate limbs. It moved quickly with an uneven gait, a short step followed by a hop. Despite the immense pull of gravity on this planet, it moved quickly, and with a relative ease. It also appeared to be in no way winded by the quick pace that it kept. As I watched with my camouflage power suit, it stopped suddenly and sat at the base of a large native plant. It grabbed several pieces of debris, and after examining several, selected one and threw the rest away. It reached into its pocket and pulled out several small items, which it began to assemble into a device. It was a small bifurcated stick with some sort of stretchable band connecting two of the three ends. Within the middle of the band was a small pouch of some kind. The creature fished a small stone from the same pocket and put it into the pouch. Then holding the unbanned stick within its manipulator, it pulled back as far as it could with its other manipulator. It closed one eye and tilted its cranium sideways. It moved its head and arm slowly in an arc. It stopped and drew a deep breath. After a moment, it let go of the pouch, which shot forward faster than I could make out clearly. About seven meters away, a small rodent fell from the tree. The native ran over to it, grabbed it by its tail, and took a small knife from its pocket and quickly cleaned the animal. It then replaced the hunting tools in its garment and headed back the way that it had come, again with the same shuffling, uneven gait. I had recorded the entire episode with a camera built into my power suit. When I was sure that the creature was gone, I returned to the base to upload my data. I flagged several things in the video including the weapon, the prey animal and the cleaning knife, as well as the alien's strange gait. We had tapped into the planet's local data net and used it to perform research. After several hours, I sat staring aghast in my terminal. The alien in question was a small adolescent male, based on the size and weight estimates, between 5 and 8 local years. The strange gait, it turns out, was something called skipping and is something only engaged in by adolescents, and occasionally their caretakers. The animal was something called a squirrel, and was only eaten in certain regions of the landmass. The cleaning knife was actually a pocket knife, which is 
Why would any child in Class 3 civilization need something like that? The thing that really hurt my head, though, the thing that bothered me so much that I couldn't quite grasp, was the weapon. It was something called a slingshot. Data searches revealed that it was an old weapon style from this planet. High-end versions could shoot metal slugs hard enough to penetrate boards, using nothing but muscle and some cleverly applied physics. It was an amazingly simple to build, and, as demonstrated before my eyes, building one was common knowledge to a child of this race. With nothing more than what turned out to be a stick and some commonly used stationary accessories, it made the weapon and then proceeded to hunt and kill a prey animal. A child! What are the warriors of these uh, humans armed with? End of story number one. Story number two. The Human War Cry, written by the Pretzel Bomber. What is the most horrifying sound in war? It was the very simple question for each aspiring officer in the class to answer. They had, after all, learned all that they could of war during their time at the Accra Orbital Military Academy. This question was different. One by one each officer gave their answer. The rumbling of the battle tank, the whine of an incoming orbital bombardment, the sizzle and pop of a fading energy shield, etc. All good answers, I continued, but I can tell none of you have ever seen a human in combat. I served alongside a human platoon when they joined us against the Ralt, and I will never forget what I heard. I remember hearing the loudest tanks that I'd ever fought, fire shells that I could stand inside of, fired at me. I remember hearing orbital bombardment after bombardment to the point where I could count the wines to go to sleep. I remember the horrible sizzling sound as we evacuated the aid station, and I remember that pop that preceded the roof caving in on us as it failed. I remember all of these things, but there is only one thing that I'll never forget, I continued. I may one day forget the tanks rumble, or the orbital bombardments whine, or the shield sizzle and pop, but I will never forget that sound. I watched as the entire class in unison seemed more interested as I said that. My entire time with the humans was permeated by this sound. Whenever two soldiers came together, they would rarely last more than a few seconds without making it. Humans shot and killed to the sound and then recovered with it afterwards. It truly sickened me. This human war cry. I could see the anticipation. I knew that they wanted to know. They have a name for the sound, the sound that preceded the destruction of Rolt, the sound that permeated the human soldiers before, during, and after the conflict, the sound that an empire fell to, the sound that haunts my dreams to this very day. They call it laughter. End of story number two. Story number three. Gift-giving, written by Algy Father Anthracite. Krylik was excited. After his warm reception at his friend Steve's family celebration at Thanksgiving, Krylik was excited to participate in another human holiday. He had been invited to a Christmas party at his friend Dave's place. He had been told to prepare a small gift, no more than 20 credits in value. Apparently, there was a tradition called the Secret Santa, 
which involved random exchanges of gifts. Krylik had decided on a small but high-quality set of cooking spices. One of Krylik's favorite discoveries on Earth had been the spice aisle of the local supermarket. His homeworld had several dozen spices, mostly regional in nature, but all serving similar purposes originally, to preserve food. Earth, on the other hand, had hundreds, if not thousands of spices, herbs, blends, sauces, and flavor agents. Krylik salivated at a little thought of some of the preferred seasonings. He had actually included a little ton of his personal spice mix in the gift. He hoped whoever received it would enjoy it. Krylik, you made it! Welcome, welcome! Come on in and just grab a drink. I'll take your thermal suit. There's beverages on the table and snacks in the kitchen if you're hungry. David led his short companion into the main room of the entryway. Krylik handed his friend Dave his thermal suit, as the temperature was well below what Krylik would be able to handle naturally. He needed it to travel outdoors in winter. Friend David, thank you for inviting me to your party. I have brought my uh, secret Santa gift, as well as something for you. Krylik held a small box in one hand and a small lidded tin in the other. David hung the thermal suit in the hall closet and came back over to the small alien. The box was clearly for the gift exchange, so David took it and set it onto the small table near the door, with the pile of neatly wrapped and bagged gifts. He then took a small tin and said, Thanks, man. You didn't have to do that. Can I open it now? Please do, said Krylik. The eye stalks bobbed in excitement at the prospect of the gift was well received. David pried open the lid of the tin and recognized the spices right away, but not the blend. He licked his fingertip and dabbed it into the grainy mixture, then sucked on the spices that stuck onto his fingertip. Whoa! That will clear your sinuses. What is that? It's good! Krylik was pleased that he had enjoyed it. It's my favorite homemade spice blend. I use it on various meats. It's made from brown sugar, salt, ground cloves, ground ginger, cinnamon, pepper, paprika, chili flake, and cayenne pepper. I believe you call it a dry rub. I'm definitely putting on some of the pork chops next time I grill out. Thanks, buddy. Merry Christmas. David leaned down and hugged Krylik. Krylik had gotten used to the strange human action during his time on Earth. He was beginning to like the sense of familiarity it brought with it. Krylik sat on his chair near the table and sipped on the Diet Cola, one of his favorite earth drinks and munching on the variety of snacks, including popcorn, another favorite, small spiral sandwiches, vegetables with dips, some, something called Christmas nachos, which consisted of thin sugar cookies with peppermint-flavored marshmallow fluff, sprinkled with tiny chocolate morsels. Krylik understood that it had been invented by his friend Dave's little sister when they were young. During the party, many of Krylik's friends would wander over and talk to him. Often a larger group would form and the discussion was wide and ranging and engaging. Krylik was having such a good time. He was almost sad that friend Dave called it out for silence. Everyone, if I could have your attention please, thank you. I would like to say Merry Christmas to all of you. Many of your friends, some of you are very far away, said David as he nodded to Krylik. Some of you are family, he nodded to his little sister. But you are all a blessing. Cheers! Everyone shouted cheers back and took the drinks of their beverages. Now, Dave said, who wants to open presents? A round of applause. Okay, here are the rules. Pick one present, not your own, and then open it where everyone can see. Joni, you go first. 
David pointed to his sister, who smiled at the applause and went up to the table and holding all the gifts. She sorted through them and found a small one at the end of the table with facing everyone. Tore off the wrapping and inside was a small plastic card. Oh, a 25 credit card from Megamoko. Nice, she announced, fanning herself with the card. She stepped aside and David called her people one after another to open up gifts. Krylik selected a small square box, about three inches on his side. He turned to face the smiling crowd and showed them the gift, and then he tore open the paper and opened the box inside. A steel watch with a belt loop was nestled inside. Krylik chilled excitedly at the device. It was a visible mechanism watch, so the internals were peeking out through the little crystal windows. It's beautiful, thank you, he said, and they returned to his seat, still examining the watchworks. When Krylik saw his gift open, he was even more excited than when he had opened his watch. Cheryl, a woman Krylik had met this evening, opened it up and enthused, Oh my, these are really good. She opened the tin of Krylik's special blend and sniffed it. Whoa, spicy. Oh, I can't wait to try it. She beamed a happy smile at the crowd and sat down with a gift. Krylik heard friend Dane lean down and say to her, I know that that's a homemade spice blend. I got some too, it's awesome. Krylik felt as if he was fully understood now why humans said it's better to give than receive. Krylik, thanks for coming, my friend. I hope you have had a good time. Krylik hugged his friend. It was not easy from the inside of a thermal suit, but Krylik held the proper way to convey the true depth of feeling. I've received much during my time on Earth so far, but nothing so much as friendship. I am honored to count you amongst my friends can't wait for another chance to share my time with you all. I could not ask for a greater gift. End of story number three. And that, my friends, is the end of this Reddit quickie. I hope that you enjoyed. Please don't forget to head over to the author's original post and support them if you enjoyed the story. But if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so listed down below. The easiest of which would be to share this channel like a zombie plague. Other than that, I will see you all in the next video, and I hope that you all have a good one until then. Cheers.